Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fends and dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoel, and Earl is in again. No. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today, today, should I say, is, look, he's a bloke that we love to take the piss out of. Uh, we do it each and every week, but he's just on an upward spiral at the moment. He's man high on confidence. It is the Supercoach Spy. Spy? Hey, boys. How are we? Um, yeah, I, love, I don't mind taking the piss taken out of me at times. Uh, at the end of the day, I tend <laughs> to revel in adversity, so just keep it coming, boys. <laughs> Spy, mate, you are sizzling. What's the rank at? Uh, how'd you go in round seven? What went right? What went wrong for you? I'm into 267th, seventh, boys. So it's actually really exciting. Um, my team's well set up. I've got a stack of cash. In terms of what went well for me, I had a little mini punt on Tavita Pengai last week and he turned up. As well as that, he got held up over the line twice. So if he keeps scooting from dummy half, that would make me a very happy man. Um, David Fafita went ballistic again. I, I don't even have the words to comment on that bloke at the moment, but um, he obviously got another massive score there. Teddy got knocked out. Nothing he can do about that. So I think that's just a move on and hope he plays this week. But we'll get to that soon. And Alex Johnson repaid the faith on the left edge as well, uh, amongst a few other things, including Sammy Walker, who just goes from... Mm-hmm. But he, he's a hero, that kid. Yeah, very good spy. Uh, he, TPJ is a classic one, isn't he? He's like uh, the BJ Leilua of old. I shouldn't say of old, but BJ, where, when he's five out from the line, he goes to dummy half. He looks like he pretends like he's going to pass, but there's not a chance in the world that he's passing. He scoots, and occasionally he'll get over the line and score from that. And it's absolute gold for a super coach. Uh, the other person making their SC Playbook podcast debut this week, uh, it is Nicholas Moon. Mooney is the, uh, the resident... Uh, funny guy for the for the playbook for the website, which is a rare thing among our group of players. Uh, <laughs> Mooney does the weekly rap, more commonly known for of a Monday afternoon for you. Um, look, I've seen Mooney on the wing for the Cooma Stallions. He's shaky under the high ball at best. There's a lot of nerves. I reckon he's got a few nerves at the moment. Moon, how are you, mate? Hey, boys. Uh, rap to be part of the podcast. I don't know if you're uh, funny guy is the right word, but if you keep reading my articles, you might see a few recycled jokes throughout the Self year. Self-proclaimed, so. <laughs> I think <laughs> it was. <laughs> And Mooney, how is the other uh, side going this year? Yeah, look, fellas, um, pretty happy with the side at the moment. I've ranked about five thousand um, in the top four percent, as the spy would say. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I knocked out twelve forty nine on the weekend, and that was with a uh, Tedesco captain balls up. But um, that was probably the only thing that went wrong for me for the week. I had um, I was able to bring in TPJ as well as you boys, and I actually pulled the pin last week and traded out Pappenhausen and brought in Turbo. So by doing that, it freed up a whole heap of cash for me, and I just had this feeling that Pappenhausen might be out for sort of two to three weeks. Um, looks like reports might be right. So I pulled the pin right there. Um, ended up having like Sam Walker, TPJ, Josh Schuster as well. And obviously I've, I started with David Fafita, so he's just been a lock for me, unbelievable, as the spy said earlier. I mean, what he does to NRL footballs, I mean, it shouldn't be allowed in some cases, but... 
I don't know how you stop him. I mean, there's, there'd be right edge halfbacks and 5'8 to just be dreading the matchup that they play against the Titans. Um, that's for sure. The only um, the only other one I've had is, is Damien Cook too. I've, I've run with Cook for the last few weeks and he just he's killing me, absolutely killing me. I just sort of can't see a way to get around him. I don't know whether to get him out. I don't know who to bring in. I'm tossed up. I've just been a uh, I've just been a bit a um, Damien Cook fan from day one. I just just yeah, I don't know whether to go sinking or holding because I just know he can burn you with 120 plus scores. So. Yeah, that was about it for me last week. He's such a hard one, Damien Cook. You know he's a proven gun that'll probably come back to bite you with consecutive tons. But I mean, the way he's, he's just been a roller coaster and super coach this year. I think his last three games, running a three game average of about 50 points per game. So with all those options at dummy half, particularly with guys that are playing round 13, um, I mean, it's, it makes it tough to hold on to. So I do think he's a sell. Um, as for the not so mighty Kuma Stallions, it was a weird week for us. Eleven hundred and sixty-nine points, which obviously led to a drop to uh, just seven seven thousand in the rankings. So not where we want to be. But it wasn't so much that the side did poorly or the players did poorly. Uh, it was a case of having no David Fafida, which is burning me for the last time. I'm rectifying that problem finally this week and getting him in. Um, fatigue, Wilton. Thank God. And then I was one of the unlucky ones to skip uh, James Tedesco for his HOA game at the Antet Day game, which I was actually at. Uh, put a bit of a damper on the game, but unfortunately that is super coach and you do cop the HOAs here and there. When it happens to your captain, it's particularly bad. Uh, but anyway, you, you, you've got to learn to live with that sort of stuff. Uh, otherwise, as you mentioned, boys, I, I jumped on TPJ as well, pretty well at the last minute. Um, we'll speak about him a little bit later, but I like the upside of him over Payne Huss, who I was originally getting as well. Uh, but they both look like good guys regardless. And Sammy Walker, my word, anyone who didn't play him would be absolutely filthy. What a star. In today's show, we'll go through the regular new format, being the team news and the key supercoach changes at each club from today's team announcements. Uh, the topic this week, pretty easy one. It's the fullback debate. Uh, it's the question on everyone's lips at the moment. With so much happening there over the last few weeks to shake up that position. We'll go into our punting plays of the week. We'll go through all the week's hot topics drop our bold predictions, who our trades are, who our skippers are going to be, and then a few questions at the end. Uh, we will start with the Supergrates team news. And the first one, which we won't get into just yet, as it'll be the topic, uh, but it is James Tedesco has been named by the Roosters to start at fullback. Obviously, that's all pending uh, concussion protocols, but for Teddy owners and the people that are holding him, myself included, uh, that's a bit of a relief for us. Uh, the next one is Teague Wilton, who has made 150k for owners for those who jumped on. Spy, you're one of them with a break even of around about 23. Time to go for Teague. Yeah, I'd sort of be happy to happy to hold on to him maybe a little bit longer just to see if something happens this weekend because he's really good coverage over the Origin period. But I don't want to waste a trade by getting in, say, um, one of the getting current for example, for one of my other guys, and then have to trade. Teague Wilton another week because that's just an extra trade I'm using. So yeah, gone for me, mate. He's made my cash absolutely stoked with him. Uh, but yeah, time to time to drop him down. Yeah, we've be moved on from the Stallions as well. Appy Corris, our name to start at the Panthers. He's been named effectively as the sole hooker there with Mitch Kenny dropping out of the 17. They do have Tyrone May there who can deputise a little bit, but Appy back, uh, and that's just going to be another conundrum for the hooking position because Appy plays 13. So just another headache we don't need. Uh, big news at Parramatta with Ryan Madison named to return to the top grade after his head knocks. He did play reserve grade last week and all by all reports went pretty well. Named on the bench, uh, so that's obviously very relevant for Isaiah Papali'i, uh, who, again, we'll get to more later on. Uh, Mooney, are you an owner of Papali'i at the moment? Uh, no, I'm not. I looked at him a couple of weeks ago and um, thought I'd missed the boat with the price rises and um, with the amount he was costing me. I, I held back and thinking he can't keep scoring tries, but he keeps finding the line. It's unbelievable. He's still set to make owners a whole heap of cash, so I've missed the boat. I'm watching it sail into the sunset. There's nothing I can do now. Mm, yeah, the ship has definitely sailed on that one, uh, but certainly an option before round 13. We'll get to that later on. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon has been named on the extended bench at the night. Again, something we'll, we'll talk about because that could have big ramifications on a couple of key supercoach players, including Mitch Barnett and Connor Watson. We'll get to that later. Uh, Jake Simpkin has again been named to start at hooker for the Tigers. Uh, there's a lot of good cheapies going around at the moment. He looks an absolute cracker. There was a bit of chat that he may be dropped for Jacob Little or Little might be on the bench, but Simpkin is the sole hooker in that side and should again play big minutes if that is the side that runs out. 
Um, the Bunnies have named a four-man bench at the moment. Uh, four, forward bench, should I say. Um, they're all four-man bench, um, which is not massive dramas, but again, maybe just for Cam Murray owners who's hit his straps in recent weeks. Possibly an issue for his minutes, but it is a big game against the Raiders. Uh, Spy, Berry and Walsh, the youngsters both named again for the Warriors. Bit of a bugger as far as the cheapy scene goes, as they're both only fullbacks in Supercoach. Yeah, it's a shame. I jumped on today just to have a look at um, especially Reese Walsh. Gee, he looked exciting. Uh, a little bit of a Kalen Ponga clone in his style of footy, but only available at fullback, the same as Rocco Berry. So it's going to be hard to find a way to get them in if they do look good in coming weeks, um, unless you want to maybe use them for the second buy and drop one of the Origin guys out. But yeah, bit of a shame that. It is, mate. And the last one on my list is Harry Grant, again, being named on the bench for the Storm and not playing sort of huge minutes at the moment. So probably put a line through him until he gets though that starting role at the Storm, which surely isn't too far away. Uh, we'll go through the two team news each and every week. You know, we can talk about guys like Sean Johnson starting, Josh Papali, uh, dro- oh, I'm sure he's not dropped, but they said he's been rested this week, maybe a bit of a wake-up call at the Raiders. Um, but we'll keep it a bit shorter and sharper. You know what the team news is anyway, um, and we'll get to the more Supercoach-relevant stuff that will affect our teams. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Adam DeRussi, the contributor for the site, is the CEO and founder. Hopefully on next week, I've said it about three weeks in a row, but a few things have come up, and he'll hopefully be on next week to talk all things stats. Uh, really, really interesting stuff there. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Lads, let's get stuck into the fullback discussion for the week uh, because, you know, there's lots of people looking at rightly selling James Tedesco. He's struggled in recent weeks without Luke Keary there. Obviously, the HIA on the weekend um, means he's in massive doubt for this weekend. Ryan Pappenhausen is there at a massive, massive price. Craig Bellamy came out this week and said that he's likely out for another two to three weeks at least. Make of that what you will. Uh, he's a bit of a straight shooter, bellyache, so you know maybe he is. You've got Tommy Turbo, who's turned up two games in a row. You've got Caelan Ponga, um, who we know how good he is, despite not going sort of too big against the Panthers, which is nothing overly surprising. King Gutho, who uh, I've got to admit, I've overlooked him this whole season. He's averaging about 82 points per game, had a big ton on the weekend, massive, massive things going on here, especially if Teddy misses this week because all those people running with Teddy Pappy will be looking at copying an auto-emergency. Spy, what are you doing with your fullbacks, mate? Isn't that the question, boys? I really don't know at this stage. Um, I've got a plan, basically. I'm pretty reluctant to sell Pappy, as I talked about last week. I'm not really in need of money in terms of if I did drop Pappy, it's not going to suddenly make my side substantially better. Um, I can actually get rid of other guys instead to do that. So I just don't want him to come back next week and score 140 and having jumped off, knowing how good he is, then I have to use another trade to get him back. Those two trades, I know how crucial they're going to be late in the season. Um, they keep talking about maybe another two weeks, but another two weeks. He plays in two weeks. He only misses one more game. Um, but I would anticipate as an owner, if I do hold, that maybe he's going to miss this weekend and next. I am fine with that. But it creates an issue in that with Teddy going into the Saturday night game under a HIA cloud, if he doesn't pass protocols, I'll be down a fullback. So what I'm actually going to do, I'm going to keep a, a trade up my sleeve, have Ponga ready to go in for Teddy Saturday night if necessary because I don't mind. I'm happy to run Ponga and Pappy for the rest of the season if necessary. I may even do it anyway. The gods seem to be against Teddy a bit at the moment. Uh, but he has lost a lot of cash and he does play the Cowboys and Brisbane in the coming week. So a return to form could be just around the corner. But yeah, I'm going to save that trade and have Ponga ready to go if necessary. <clears throat> Mate, the way I look at it is, and, and I, I don't think there's right or wrong answers to it, um, Teddy's now at about 590k. Uh Hopefully plays this week. Realistically speaking, you know, I think he's had three um, head knocks in the last 18 or so months, probably misses this week, hopefully back next week. Pappenhausen gone for two or three weeks. As you said, Teddy coming into that really nice run of games leading into origin, there's a what? There's a 300K difference between Teddy and Pappy. That's a lot of money you can be banking um, for a bloke who two, three weeks ago was your lock-in captain every single week. Like I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to cash in Pappy and hold on to Teddy. 
don't mind it at all. I think, like everything in this game, it's all team dependent. If you're in need of cash, then of course you jump on and get rid of Pappy and you can, you can still then get him back when you need to. One way of looking at it for my side personally would be I can go Pappy down to Ponga or Tommy, for example. I'd do Ponga personally because I want him for the season. I trust his body more. But that way I can then go Teddy back to Pappy if I want to in a couple of weeks after Teddy's good run. Uh, I totally understand the loss of value, and that's the reason I didn't look at selling Teddy last week is because he's lost that value. Do you really want to sell at a massive dis- massive discount? Um, but, I mean, sometimes <clears> we are forced into things. I'm pretty flush with cash, as I said, which I'm lucky. But if you're not, then you have to look much harder at the money situation. So I can understand getting rid of Pappy. I think that's fine. But just be aware it is a two-trade scenario because I can guarantee you you want him back very soon. Hmm. And on Tommy Chaboyevich, who has a negative 18, sorry, a negative 18 break even, uh, tough game this week against Penrith. Then goes into games against the Warriors and the Broncos where he could score really, really big in those. Um, you know, he's dirt cheap based on he's, he's discounted because he only played seven games last season. Ponga's an extra 120-odd K, and he has a really tough, not a really tough run of games um, to what they could have been, but he's got the Raiders this week, then the Roosters the week after. Um, is it is it literally just durability that you want Ponger over Tommy and is it just still that injury concern that you don't want him doing his hammy three minutes into a game for three points or in Tommy's case about 47 points in three minutes? Yeah, that's what he'll do to you. Um, it's 100% durability, mate. There's no question marks on the ability of Tommy Trevojevic, although his base isn't as high and he doesn't kick goals. So that's highly in Ponga's favour. So that combination of durability plus base, I think they, they both have the ability to go equally as large. Ponga's been healthy for a few years, so that's why he's the man for me. Um Obviously, though, if I don't have Tommy, and I won't, I'll be very... Ponga just missed the first eight games, the six games of the season because of a shoulder surgery. Yeah, but it's not reoccurring. If you, <laughs> if you cop a whack and you get a surgery, that's fine. It's it's Tommy's reoccurrence of hemis, and then he does a peck, and it's all different parts of the body that worries me. Um, I'm not talking anyone out of it, and I don't want to watch him over the next month, that's for sure. But I will say I'm pretty happy to antipod him against Penrith, who should hopefully dominate field position. They'll bomb to the corner. They won't give him much space. I will get to bold predictions later, but I've got him sub 55 this week. But yeah, next week against is it Brisbane and the Warriors coming up utterly terrifying. So we'll just have to see how we go there. Um, but, but it's purely durability, as you said, as to why I prefer Ponga plus um, a few other things. You've got the voodoo doll out on Tommy already. Oh, it's because he had the voodoo out on me last year, mate. He kept <laughs> every time I bought him. I'm burnt. I, I should should give some background there. I'm pretty burnt from the few times I've got him, then bought him back, and he just keeps getting hurt. So I just can't do it. But um, yeah, I do. I should put it on the record. I love Tommy, and I'll be devastated if he gets hurt. But it'll just be a little bit less devastating if I don't also own him. Yeah, along with uh, Sav over at Mike and Sav's podcast, they do great work as well. I think, Mooney, you're the biggest Tommy Chaboyevich fanboy that I know, and you're a a Manly Teagles diehard. You bit the bullet two weeks ago, and uh, was it two weeks ago or last week you brought in Tommy Chaboyevich? Mate, how are you approaching the fullback rotation at the moment? Yeah, I brought Tommy in last week, so I was able to cash in on his 118 against the Tigers, which I might add was only in 60 minutes of football. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that score probably came in only 30 minutes of footy. So, I mean, he's got a massive ceiling. The injury concerns, I totally get. But I look at these four fullbacks now, and you've got Ponga, Teddy, Pappenhausen, and Turbo. They're all going to start missing games of footy, and that's due to origin. Through that origin period, it, it's you know the, the coaches are pretty willing to drop a plate, drop them out, give them a rest. Um, Turbo just looks like he's got, it just looks like he's got a lot to make up. It's like he's let the teammates down, he's let the fans down, and he mm. just wants to wants to bring back what he can to the park. He was taking hit up center on the third and fourth tackle, and I hadn't seen him do that for a long time. Yeah, he's hungry. I mean, I he's agree. very hungry. He's got a point. Yeah, he's got a point to prove and. With a lot of Manly's attack, and I, I, you know they they've won the last two on the trot really well, but I think that win against the Warriors just sparked a bit of something in them, and I think that, that having Tommy roll into the next two matches, they're on a high, and, and I mean Penrith, yeah, they've got Penrith this week. I mean they're ripe for a loss. Watching them the last couple of weeks, they're just getting through games of footy. Um, I actually had a look at their draw. 
whilst they're out in front and they haven't lost a game, they've only actually played two top eight sides, and one of those top eight sides was the Raiders. So they they haven't really been tested apart from that Melbourne match. I actually think they're right for the, right for the picking right now. Um, oh. I'm, yeah, I'll throw it out there. But in terms of these guys, I mean, you've got Pappenhausen at worth, what, nearly 900K. Holding Pappenhausen, I just – I can't see a point with this origin period coming up. You know he's going to be out for two, possibly two more weeks. There's two more weeks that you're just not going to be able to get the get the guys like Pongers, like Turbo, scoring points. At the end of the day, the points are going to win you the matches. Can I just jump in quickly, Mooney, on Origin? Uh, assuming yeah, Pappy probably doesn't get the fullback jersey, uh, barring injuries, of course, he probably will get selected probably off the bench. There is the chance he doesn't, though, if they don't want to use him in that roaming role, which means he would actually play the first buy should be monumental. And the other thing is every team gets one buy over the two-week buy origin period, um, which means Pappy would actually only miss one game extra across the season because pr- he probably wouldn't be rested if he's playing that sort of like 30 minutes. Um, but, I mean, I understand your point, mm. but it's it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah, I understand that. I just – with you – the ceiling that these fullbacks had, we saw Ponga last week go to what, nearly 160, Turbo back-to-back 120s. I just think you need to have at least two of these guys available and playing in your side week in, week out, whether it costs your trades or not. Yeah, I'd agree on that one. And I think I think I discussed it last week, very draw-dependent. So, for example, if Tommy wasn't playing Penrith this weekend, I think I'd jump on him absolutely because you just it's that fear of missing out of that massive score. But given he's not Penrith, I'm happy to reassess that in a week or two once his run becomes easier. Um, and that's why I probably for, prefer Ponga. But I agree, mate. If they were playing like the Tigers last weekend or someone who's been struggling defensively, that's when it, it could be too big to miss out on. I do agree on that. And I think it's important too, the guys that coming into after origin especially, you're not trying to chase those points. You know these guys are going to give you a 150, 160 um, every, you know, every couple of weeks. So chopping and changing, you know, like you said, Spy, stick with you two that you think will get you the most points out of a six-week period and, and hang tight with them. I think if you start trying to chase points, you're going to miss out on some scores because they could do a 60-game, a 60-game into a 180. We've, we've all seen them do it. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Yeah, it's a, it's a really hard one. And as I said, there's not necessarily any right or wrong answers. Um, I mean, if, if Pappy was to miss Origin selection, which you'd think on form he has to be there off the bench, but trying to work out where he fits into the side, they've had many, many discussions about it. And it's going to be hard work to do because, I mean, unless they want to throw Teddy on the wing or something for a little bit, you're going to have to slot Pappy into that defensive line somewhere. And there's not a lot of him. So it, it's a bit harder to throw him in as a 14 that they've done like with uh, Queensland with Cherry Evans in the past and the Blues have done with some other utility bats. There's not a lot of size about him. So, I mean, I assume he'd probably be there. But, I mean, yeah, what do you reckon, Mooney? The other guy I was just going to throw out there was was obviously Gutherson. Um, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago and you mentioned him at the top of the show. Timmy, he, he has a massive average in the last few weeks and and I can't see him playing Origin. So, yeah, there's a guy you can just lock into one of the spots and – hold and then just see what's happening with the other guys, assuming that Ponga plays, Turbo's there, Teddy's there, and Pappenhausen's there as well. Yeah, and he's, and he's cheap, boys, Gutho, with a, I mean, relatively cheap, but with a, a super low break even of 23 coming off a big score. He's got matches against the Bulldogs this weekend, so I really like that play against the Dogs. That's going to be awesome. He does run into the Roosters next weekend, but then has the Warriors after that, uh, and then Manly, who will come in good a little bit. So it's, it's a bit of a tricky one, but certainly as a this-week play, Gutho could go enormous again and, and get some cash flow in an upward upper trajectory there for you boys. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gutho, I said, I, I've still got, um, you know, your, your Teddies, your Pongers, your Turbo, um, and obviously your Pappies, just a tier above Gutho in Supercoach. But you look at his numbers, yeah, he, he scored under 74 once this season, averaging 82 points per game. You know, coming off that big ton, probably should be playing round 13. So look, you know, the stats suggest differently, and, and he's pretty hard to, hard to sort of go past. Um, Parramatta are playing good footy, so, I mean, I, I can't begrudge anyone doing it. Not for me, but, I mean, he's ticking a lot of boxes at the moment. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be holding on to Teddy, uh, going Pappy down to Turbo this week. Um, ends that day last week, sitting there a few screws down, as I think most of us probably were over Sunday afternoon, early Sunday afternoon, 
just watching Tommy Turbo run right over, albeit the Tigers, just going, my goodness, for 590K, it's a hard like not having your team. Uh, and then with the news that Papi was going to be out longer, I think he just made the decision for me. But again, it's, it could have massive ramifications on the Supercoach season, who we, how we approach this fullback position. Um, but look, it's an exciting one going forward. Fellas, let's jump into our top sport punting plays. A uh, quick update of the table. It was just myself and the spy on last week. Um, so no, no major changes. I have hit the front. Happy to say uh, I'm up $55, 50 profit for the season. Nailed the Roosters line last week. Uh, the spy got a little bit greedy and he threw three teams to cover their line in last week. Uh, and he, I think he had the Tigers to win. His first two were Rippers, and then he had the Tigers to win, which obviously didn't pay off for him. So he's dropped to thirty-seven fifty profit. Uh, Desi Creek's down eleven, and Walsh is down thirty, but they'll be ready to buy it back when they get back on the podcast pretty soon. Uh, as for our Friday punting previews that come out, nailed two from two multis in that on the weekend that paid about four fifty and three fifty. So up one hundred forty-four percent return on investment for those. So check out those uh, of a Friday afternoon if you want to get on board. And follow our tips. All markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If you are joining up, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus, gamble responsibly. I'll start with you, Spy. What have you got for us this week? Yeah, it's a good thing you threw to me first because I totally forgot to do this. <laughs> I'm just having a little look. That's right, mate. I'll give you a second. Yeah. Um, go to Mooney and I have I'll, a look. Yeah. Mooney, have you got yours? Yeah, I do, Timmy. Um, I had a look through Top Sport this afternoon. I like Manly at 475, which might shock no one. Uh, <laughs> pretty good odds for a team that I think they're a top eight side, but that's with my Marona. Mate, I tried to talk up your reputation at the start of the show, and you've come on and thrown, thrown this out as your punning play. Don't worry, it gets better. Um, <laughs> I've actually got the Bulldogs to cover the line. Um, they're ninety, and the line's 19.5 points. I think the same sort of thing that happened with uh, Manly a couple of weeks ago. One win. I think it's all that showed, and, and they'll be up for a fight back at home against Parramatta. I think they'll. I think that nine and a half line is easily going to be covered by the Bulldogs. So dogs line into Manly winning or Manly covering Manly, the line? No, yeah, Manly winning, mate. <laughs> yeah, you just know that you're not going to be regular on this, don't you? So you just go all out just to just to lock in a regular spot. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mate, uh, I'm going with uh, a few lines myself. I like a few of them this week, actually. It, it kills me to say it, uh, and I rarely bet against the mighty Canberra Raiders, but they're throwing up some trash at the moment. They're really disappointing against the Cowboys on the weekend. Uh, the Rabbits, even without Latrell Mitchell, just look lethal at the moment. I really like the footy they're putting out. Um, so I've got the Rabbits to cover the three-and-a-half line against the Raiders. I've got the Storm to cover their 17-and-a-half line against the Sharks in Melbourne, uh, which, although SJ's back, um, Wade Graham's back. They've got some key personnel, but, gee, they'll be hard to beat down there. So I do like the Storm in that one to cover the line. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Mooney, although the Eagles have looked better, I've got the Panthers to cover the 13-and-a-half line against your Seagulls, uh, which pays at $6.67. So we'll whack a, a hypothetical tenner, uh, or not-so-hypothetical tenner on that one and see how that goes. Spy? Is Penrith line only 13-ish? Yeah. Well, that's one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Penrith cover the line for sure against Manly. They've been playing better of late, but um, they haven't had great opposition, so they'll be really tested. Penrith to cover the line into – this is bold, but Brisbane to cover the line against the Gold Coast. Um, I think the Gold Coast probably still pipped them, but Brisbane are at pretty good odds there. Um, and finally, where was my other one? I think Parra will cover the line against Bulldogs, contrary to what Mooney said. I just think they have too much strike. So we'll go Parramatta, Penrith, and boy, do I want to put in Brisbane? No, I'm going to flip Brisbane. I'm going to have Tigers to cover the line. Done. Nicely done, mate. Fellas, let's move on to our hot topics of the week. And the first one, I think you'll, you'll probably all have the same answer, but I have seen a que- few questions across social media. You know what I'm doing already. Dave Fafida at $850,000. It's a monumental price to pay for a forward. Um, you know, is there any argument to say the ship has sailed on him? So there are a few questions saying, for example, people could get Tavita Pangai Jr., who's playing 80 minutes, has that big ceiling, a relatively nice draw, for 317 k cheaper. Would you be going TPJ for over 300k cheaper than Fafida Spy, or would you just be locking in Fafida despite the price? 
Matt, unfortunately, I think you just have to get Fafita. It sucks. It really does. Um, and the week you buy him, you just know he'll throw off a 55 and burn you even more. But I think Supercoach is long-term. Desi talks about it all the time and Wells, but it's all about points. I mean, sure, you can save money, but if you're sitting there and Fafita's punching out 150s throughout the year, then you're just going to fall further and further behind. So I think... You can't sub- subject yourself to watching Big Dave do his thing week in, week out for the rest of the season and hope he drops in price. I think you just have to somehow find a way to get him in. Um, probably for a gun who maybe has a lesser ceiling is the option. Uh, someone who maybe is averaging 70 even uh, but has less ability to really go off. Maybe that's what you do. I'm lucky to not have the problem, but I think you probably need to find a way, don't you? And then you have to go you're going to have to generate some cash elsewhere around that to make up for it. So maybe get a cup, maybe an extra cash cow, whatever it may be, but I think you need him. Mm. I'm with you, mate. I, I said, I, I am in this predicament, unfortunately. And watching that game on the weekend was just absolutely gut wrenching from a super coach perspective. Cause he's just a man mountain. He's like, <clears throat> he's like those guys. We talk about how the athletes we see in uh, the NFL and you're just saying, you know, some of them athletes ever make their way across the year or we work out how to get the same rigs that they do and, and athleticism, they'll just be unstoppable. That's pretty well Dave Fafita at the moment. He's just an absolute man mountain. So Fafita's coming into my team uh, and I'm with you. I think you've just got to bite the bullet and fork out the 850K for him. Mooney, Jake Simpkin is a little bit polarizing this week. Um, the issue with him is that people are thinking um, – you know, Jacob Little on the extended bench. Uh, Billy Walters is due back from injury soon. Mate, is Simkin coming into your team or not? I went early and bought him last week for Connor Watson. Are you getting him or not? Look, I think for this week, I think I will. Like I said earlier, I've got that Damien Cook issue at the, at the hooking position. Um, the reason being, look around at my side, I'm just sort of looking, I've only got sort of Walker and Schuster generating a bit of cash for me. So I think if, if you're in the stage of situation that I am where you just don't have that um, kind of cash production, I think you need to get him in. And I mean, it's 173K. You assume he plays the round 13 by. Um, I think I think I'll definitely be getting him in this week. Yeah. And that's it. He's still been named, I mean, basically as the sole hooker there at the Tigers. He played 70 minutes on the weekend. Uh, you know, Moses Embi might come on and deputise, but you can lock in some pretty decent scores in the meantime as well. Um I think you've got to be getting him in this week. You know, I mean, if someone else does come in, there could be an issue. But, I mean, Simkin for me, he just he ticks so, so many boxes. Spy, are you bringing him in or are you bypassing him? I'm probably not at this stage. And it's not a knock on him at all. I think he's a great buy. He plays around 13. Uh, he's basement price. There's a thought potentially that Little may come back onto the bench and split some time with him. So if he does drop to, say, 50 minutes, he's a young kid. He's only 19. So, I mean, they're not going to want to burn him out. So maybe he then regresses to averaging 35, 40. I'm a little bit concerned about that. And the reason I have the luxury of not getting him is because I still own Schuster, who I was going to move on. They've got kind of similar break-evens, but Schuster's point scoring potential is obviously much higher, um, unless Jake can start running more, of course, which he may. Uh, but I'm going to hold Schuster for the week. They'll hopefully make similar coin, and I can still download, downgrade Schuster to Jake next week if I need to. Uh, but it just gives me an extra week to have a look at Watson and Schuster and see what I want to do there. Mm, it's it's a tough one. And I cut ties with Connor Watson last week. Happy with it so far. I think he played, what, 60-odd minutes last week. Looked pretty good against, a, you know, obviously a red-hot uh, Panthers side there. But... Watson, for me, I mean, you've now got Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who's named on the extended bench. How does he come into the fold at the Knights now with Frizzell's an 80-minute back rower? Barnett's been one of the Knights' best this season, playing 80 minutes on the edge. Does Fitzgibbon come on and play 30 minutes on an edge, pushing Barnett to lock? Um, Spy, I, I decided to keep Braley over Watson, and I couldn't be happier with it. You were a bit more reluctant when I chatted to you about it off air. How do you see, I suppose, Fitzgibbon uh, impacting Watson going forward? And, I mean, you'll be holding Watson till round 13, I suppose. Yeah, that's the plan at this stage. I just think the upside he offers, uh, but upside, but also consistency. Watson, he does a lot of work. Uh, he plays that by. So at this stage, I'm happy to keep him. Obviously, if Fitz, Fitzgibbon comes back and impacts him in a, in a negative sense, I can then move him on. But I try not to worry about stuff that may happen, especially when a side's looking okay. 
Barnett's killing it. He looks really good, being one of their best. Watson, I don't understand why his role would diminish, uh, regardless of who's in the side. I mean, they need him on there. He, he's that sort of spice of life. He works hard. Um, and if he keeps 60 minutes, I quite like him. But obviously, things can change. Um, we'll see what happens. So I'm not going to worry about what fits he may or may not do. He might not even get in the side if they win this weekend. We'll just have to see. Mooney, Josh Curran, 203k, negative 58 break even. He's played 80 minutes last week in his first game of the season, 70 minutes in the most recent week due to a sin binning that will see him head to the judiciary tonight. In fact, by the time this comes out, there may even be a result. Um, I, as I mean, there wouldn't be many owners at the moment, but he'll be, he'll be a very popular purchase this week for good reason. I'm hoping he gets a week because I need to prioritise Tommy Turbo and more so Dave Fafita this week. Um, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, he gets off his charge tonight at the judiciary. Uh, he's good to go this weekend. Is he coming into your side? Well, I've, as I said, I was getting Jake Simpkin in. I don't think I've got three trades that I can use. Yeah. <laughs> You're let me know. Um, look, he's another one. I think you definitely got to have a look at. I think he's only twenty odd k more expensive um, than Simpkin, and probably has a bit better. Um, Lock on that on that edge for the Warriors. Scores well. He's going to bang out your 30. Um, pretty good hold over the origin period. Again, yeah, I think it'll be tossing up between Simpkin and um, and Curran, but hopefully the judiciary makes that decision for me. Yeah, you're not wrong, mate. Spy, if he does get cleared, uh, will he be coming to your side? And what do you think of his job security with a few blokes injured at the Warriors and due to come back in you know, the next month or so? Yeah, I'll be grabbing him. Um... How about, the, just quickly, how about the head clash? He, like, accidentally headbutted him. He could arguably just say the other bloke headbutted him. I'd love to be his lawyer tonight. Surely you get him off on the downgrade. But he was so unlikely to get binned. Uh, but so I'll, unlikely. Oh, man, that was, that was a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I'll be grabbing him. I do have concerns around his job security just because there's so many options at the Warriors. But I'm sort of hoping the fact he's playing such good footy, you might be able to lock in that role. Uh, but, I mean, again, for a basement price, he's going to make you money in the short term. Uh, if he happens to get dropped later on, then you just deal with it at that stage. At least there's plenty of upside and money involved in that. Mm. One thing I will say for yourself, Mooney, there'll be a lot of people that are like gonna, going to have to make the decision between Karen and Simpkin this week is that uh, Simpkin does have the round 13 availability, um, which has got to be a pretty huge factor in that decision, uh, despite you know probably some job security issues over both players. The other thing I do like about Simpkin is, which I've mentioned before, he had a stack of tries in the New South Wales Cup leading into this season, so a really good running game on him as well. Um, so I think there's every chance that he does bolster his decent enough base stats with a few attacking stats going forward, albeit I've only seen a very small sample size of him. Uh, Mooney, TKO, Takiaho, named on the bench this week, missed last week due to injury. Um, again, he's, he's not guaranteed to start. Would you be selling TKO this week uh, or would you be sticking strong with him? Look, if I was an owner, I think I would be selling him. Um, reason being, just having a look at the Roosters' makeup. They've got Collins playing really good football. Um, Nat Butcher's back. They've moved that Isaac Liu up to the front row. And I think with the introduction of Victor Radley back at lock, it sort of stifles a bit of his game time, I think. Still a hell of a footballer, and he makes up a lot of his points and his offloads through that middle period. I don't know if he's going to goal kick. I think they'll just leave that with Sam Walker now for the for the time being. Which is but, huge. Which is, yeah, and I guess that was one of the reasons owners would have put him in in the first place for the goal kicking. But, I mean, he, he may be a better goal kicker, but if you're going to only be on the field for 30, 40, 50 minutes, you're better off keeping one guy and letting him have a crack. Yeah, I'm um, with you. And, and that, was the, the, that was his appeal at the start of the year. As good as his base is and how good a footballer he is, um, it was the fact that he was kicking goals for a red-hot side. So now that he's likely um, – not likely not going to kick. I mean, he was kicking before the injury. I think it was a rib injury, so that's not going to affect his goal kicking. But Sammy Walker, who's obviously cemented his spot in that side well and truly now, came in on the weekend, kicked five from six, a uh, little weapon that he is. Got to be a huge chance he kicks. What's your take on it, Spy? It's, it's a tricky one if you're an owner. I was just going to say, though, that if you've got really important trades to make outside of that, like um, guys that can make you cash or fixing up a problem area like fullback if you don't have players this weekend, then, I mean, you can still hold Takiyaho. Uh, the risk is he loses you some more cash this weekend. But in the grand scheme of things, if you lose $35,000, then have to sell him next week, you will survive. It's not going to make or break anything. Uh, but obviously, if you if you have got the opportunity in a spare trade this weekend and he's named on that bench, 
it's it's going to be a tricky hold, I think. So wait till team lineups an hour before. But he's known on that bench here. Yeah, I'd be looking to sell where possible. Spy Stefano Utakamanu, three fifty three k. Dropped to the bench this week, which doesn't really impact his minutes too much. I think he played a season high 42 minutes ago off the bench, you know, a few weeks back. The last two weeks, he's played 32 and 38 minutes. Um, Has that round 13 availability? I mean, do you hold him through to that or is it a case of holding him for 35 points and you just upgrade him now? I'm definitely holding him. Average is 45 for the year. Even if he can average 40, he'll probably, probably hold his hold his price relatively. Yeah. Um, last weekend, he didn't get back on very much in the second half. Maybe that's because they were copying a bit of a paddling um, and they wanted to just <laughs> protect the young bike uh, and it was hot. So maybe that's why, but I can't see why he wouldn't continue uh, moving forward and getting minutes because he's one of their young stars. He's a good footballer. Um, I'm holding. If you had another option, if he was a back rower, for example, or you could get someone like... Um, the Roosters back row are in, then you could do that, uh, Tupanua, that is. But he's in the front row for me. There's not really anyone standing out. Um, if there was a standout, I'd be happy to sell him perhaps, but nah, I'm just happy to hold for that by lads. Yeah. There's a couple of other things I'm going to just quickly run over because we're about to lose the spy early, so we'll get uh, get his bold predictions for the week in a minute. But just a quickly the couple that I'll quickly jump over, Junior Paulo's absolutely hit the skids big time for Parramatta. Um, his minutes aren't great, but they're also not too bad. And, you know, I went TPJ last week um, for uh, Big Tino. So, look, I just think there's other issues to deal with than Junior Paulo, who the, he's now lost so much cash that I think you've lost the value in the trade. Um, so I'll be holding on to Junior Paulo. On TPJ, I think I might have mentioned it before, but um, in terms of the him v has debate, He's not anymore, but he was 100K cheaper last week. He's still a fair amount cheaper than Payne Haas. Um, he plays round 13, which is a massive factor, and just that enormous ceiling starting on the edge again. So hopefully plays 80 minutes again for the Broncos. They now have a um, Danny Levi on the bench as a hooker who came off the bench last week. So all bodes really well for his minute. So it's TPJ for me, but again, you're running the risk of suspension, injury, benching, all these sorts of things, whereas Haas is Mr. Reliable, but... That round 13 coverage is the big one. Um, fellas, Zach Lomax and David Nofaluma. Both of them, I think not Lomax had 25 on the weekend. Noffa had 50, again, largely in base. Spy, I know you've spoken a lot about <clears throat> under the new rules of the NRL and we're seeing how it's impacting Supercoach with the good teams are getting better, um, the good players are getting better. But you're pretty big on not targeting outside backs uh, who probably have to earn their tries a bit more than the ones in the gun sides. I put Lomax and Noff in this category. I know the Dragons have been a lot better this year, but whether they can keep it up, I'm not sure. Noff, Lumina, Tigers out for the battling. Are they the lock-in buys that we think they are, or are you starting to sort of think now, well, well maybe they're not? Actually, contrary to what I said about the good sides, these are two of the guys that probably fall outside of that theory in that they have an incredible work rate. Zach Lomax makes a lot of tackles. He runs heaps. He can offload the footy and he kicks goals. Uh, It's not like Saints are horrible. They've still got points in them. Um, Last week was a bit of an aberration. It seems scoring 25, that would be right down to one of his lowest scores the last two years. Uh, So if I'm picking between them, I'm certainly a Nofaluma man, especially... We know what he can do. He's proven his work rate's insane and the Tigers run coming up is quite good. Um, but I don't mind either of them for that reason. They both play round 13, although Lomax might be on the radar for Origin, so even more reason to get an Offaluma for mine. Uh, but they're both – they work so hard that you can sort of – you don't have to rely on them scoring tries. Yeah, I think the um, – that was – there was big – I think it might have been the Daily Telegraph reporting this week that Lomax is a, a big chance of getting a start for the Blues this season. Um, so – even the fact that he's in the conversation and would potentially rule out his round 13 availability, I'd be going Noffer ahead of Lomax for sure based on that. Uh, Noffer's still averaging 60. I think he's scored three tries in six games, just scratching the surface of what we know he can do uh, and how big he was last year. What do you reckon on it, Mooney? Yeah, same there. I think um, the Noffer Luma over the Lomax is a lot better option. I just think with the Jack Bird injection that the Dragons have, they – they look to probably go to Bird a little bit more than what they did last year. Um, obviously, wasn't there, but with with Lomax was their strike weapon last year. This it was year, all able, Lomax wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. So this year, being able to go to Lomax or Jack Bird, I think it's just taken away a bit of that 
strike power that Lomax had, um, and he's probably not getting the footy. Not for Loom is the other one. I said in my wrap-up, if he got the points every time he threw his hands in the air, he'd get 120 each week. He doesn't get the football. He needs to go looking for it. So, mm. Can we arrange those points, points, Mooney, for hands in the air? I've got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, mate, I felt so bad for him. Being an owner too, they, they sort of shift out to the left. It gets to the centre. I think it was uh, was it Talao in the left centre there on the weekend, um, but straight back off his left foot. Just really quickly, breaking news, not by me, but thanks to Twitter. Uh, Cam Munster's been awarded his fourth dropout, which I thought might happen. So they fixed up. It was obviously a mistake, that one. And they fixed that up. No. There you go. Well well, done. Breaking news on SC Playbook Podcast. You heard it here first, except for the fact that it won't be released until about four hours' time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, righto, there you go. Um, big from sort of News Corp to, to sort of cough up and admit they got one wrong. It's interesting to do it after scoring. So I guess that affects head-to-head clashes and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, good on them because – Spy, I know you look into pretty much, you're such a diehard super coach nerd, like we all are, but you in particular, that you look into a lot of how these tries are awarded and whatnot, uh, more than most people. And they, they get most of them right, don't they? Mate, they are bang on nearly everything. I know people say it's up to interpretation all the time, but it's actually not. Um, I think I wrote an article on it last year. We might try to dig it up and repost it. But, for example, the sweeping player always gets the try assist. doesn't matter how good a ball they get. Uh, so that's always the fullback or the guy running around the back. Um, and then there's a few other things that they get quite right. But you obviously, you need to understand where they're coming from. I'd love it if they just gave us a bit of a template of what they do, because that would stop a lot of complaining. So I feel like they should just do that. But um, yeah, they get most right, but they obviously stuffed up the monster one and fixed that up. So good to see. Spy, your final thoughts, mate, um, to end the hot topics, and I know you have to take off very shortly. Uh, any players you're after this week or eyeing off, even in coming weeks, any antipod plays that you wanted to add? I'll quickly go through my list. My antipod of the week would actually be Tommy Trevojevic against Penrith. I think he'll struggle to get much quality ball. Um, and if he can do a job on them, then he's just – it'll be unbelievable. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes. Quick names in the mix would be Nico Hines, who could get a couple of weeks of footy available in the centres, may play round 13 as well. Harry Grant's going to be cheap post-origin, so look out for that. Blake Ferguson continues to score really well without tries a lot of the time. So I actually, I'm going to have a good look at him this week, possibly Staines to Fergo, pending the health of Teddy. Uh, then Valentine Holmes is firing, but doesn't play the first buy, could play Origins. So that's my only concern there. Um, and I've got a scoop. I might give you my bold predictions quickly. Um, yeah, firing away, mate. I've got Tommy sub 55, Travojevic that is. Kalen Ponga, 105-plus versus the Chooks, and Angus Crichton tunning up again. He's been really subdued lately with the offload and not getting much uh, quality ball. I think he tons up. Um, sort of need him to as well. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> there we go. What's your scoop? What's my scoop? You just said you've got a scoop. <laughs> no, I, think, I didn't say that. I must have mumbled it. <laughs> you said it. Mate, my scoop was Munster's forced dropout. I'll give you another one later on Twitter, some breaking news. <laughs> Spies had to get too big for himself in the top two or three hundred there, so mate, we'll I will we'll leave you to it and let let you away, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Wojo. I've got to go play footy now at the moment, so I've got to scoot. I'll answer some questions later on or through the week, um, and I'll work on my pronunciation of whatever I was trying to say instead of scoop. Thanks, boys. See you, mate. See you, mate. Uh, Mooney, anyone that you wanted to add to that list that you're sort of eyeing off a little bit of antipody. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I made a note of Val Holmes too, and, and the spy mentioned him just before he left. He He's a guy that I've had a pretty good look at. Um, 568K, he got a break-even of 14. We spoke there just before about um, players not in the good sides that seem to score um, score pretty well. He's He's got, uh, break, like I said, break-even of 14, doesn't play round four to 13, but takes on the Warriors, Broncos, Roosters, Newcastle, and Warriors in the next five weeks. He's a guy that could could really score well. The Cowboys sort of wherever he goes, that's where the footy tends to go in the back in the um, when they're in their attacking twenty. So he's a guy I really like to have a look at. Um, Nico Hines was one that um, the spy mentioned. Really like him. Pretty good run. Plays around thirteen. Cheap. The other one I'm going to throw it out here is Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt, started, mm. yeah, ben Hunt started the year with 74 and 116. The 116 was against, uh, was it Manly, I think, possibly? Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. He He's at 506K. He's available at both hooker and halfback. Um, he had an injury-affected 41. 
pretty good bat, pretty good run. I don't know about Origin. If he doesn't play Origin, he's he's a guy that you could seriously consider in the hooking position. Mm, it's a good call and a, a huge, huge pod, especially the fact that he's been injured for the last four or five weeks. Uh, there's not going to be many. Well, there, there'll be no active Supercoach owners of him. Um, and I suppose, yeah, the big one is Origin. So, I mean, the, the Maroon spine has pretty well locked itself in. But I suppose now is the 14 for the Maroons AJ Brimson or is it Ben Hunt? Because Harry Grant will play 80 easy enough. So, you know, maybe Brimson's probably more likely to be their, their 14, isn't he? Or, or would he play on the wing? They have well, the, the way they played Harry Grant last year coming off the bench, pretty dynamic. Do they look at playing someone like a Reed Marty? Um, starting with him at nine and, and bringing Harry Grant on, which frees up that 14th man to pull, to obviously be Harry Grant, which will mean Ben Hunt probably doesn't get into the yeah. origin side. I, I see what you mean. And and you've seen um, origin sides do it in the past, getting, you know, sort of probably bigger, more solid units to take the brain in that first 20 or 30 minutes. They'll go off uh, and then, you know, the the smaller bloke will come on and carve up for the next – and play 50 straight. Um, my gut feel says – AJ Brimson's too good to leave out. So I just think they'll say, Harry, play 80 for us, mate. Start us off. You'll do a job, as we know he will. Uh, and then it'll be AJ, which means there's a lot of speculation there. But yeah, Benny Hunt, mate, bit of a smoky. So don't mind it at all. Yeah, I wrote this before team names were um, announced. So really glad he got put into the 17. <laughs> yeah, fair shout. A uh, couple that I have my eye on Bradman Best. Uh, I think, you know, everyone's talking Lomax, everyone's talking David Nofaluma. Bradman Best, after so he's got a break even of ninety four. He's at five forty six k. Dropped a little bit of coin. Plays the Roosters this week, then the Raiders. Uh, then comes up against the Tigers, Cowboys, Seagulls, leading into Origin, uh, where he plays that round thirteen bye. So I think in two weeks' time, get ready to poach Bradman Best because he's basing thirty six this year, bases well every year, and he's just such a star. And with Caelan Ponga back, he's going to be even better. Massive, massive fan of his. And the other one who, look, if it wasn't for needing to get Fafida into my team this week, it would be Tupanua, who I really wanted him last week, but again, had other things to deal with. Tupanua, 367K, a break-even of two, uh, 84 on the weekend with a try in the Anzac Day game. Uh, he's averaging, outside of, of his 80-minute games this year, he's averaging 70 or 75 points per game or something. Um, so I can see him getting to 500 grand and being an easy upgrade to an absolute gun probably prior to that round 13. Uh, so if you can get Tupanura in, I think he's a terrific buy uh, with terrific upside there. If you're looking there, just to jump in quickly, if you're looking at Curran or Tupanua um, for an extra 150K, then you know that Tupanua's got a lot more job oh. security. So there's a thought. Do you bring in Simkin and Tupanua? I like the Tupanua idea. It's, um, it's a pretty Serious good Serious shout. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's it, just job security there. The point scoring potential is probably going to be better. Um, probably for sides set up well with money, who you'll still make a profit off him, maybe not quite as much. But, you know, as you said, sides looking to generate more money. Curran or Simpkin are probably the smarter plays. But, yeah, Tupanua, a serious option. Hey, we'll quickly jump through our bold predictions for the week. And oh, it's a shame that he's not here for it. But the Spy last week had Marnie 105. That was a fail by about 45 points. Cleary and Luai, 230-plus. That was a fail by about 100 points. Munster to ton up. That was a fail by 20 or 30. So I'm really upset we didn't get to that. But No wonder he ducked off early. Hey? No wonder he ducked off yeah. early. Yeah. <laughs> he knew it was coming. Well, it's uh, the first time he did a bold prediction. It wasn't a little timid thought he had for the upcoming week. <laughs> Spies timid thoughts of the week. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, Cam Munster to get a ton. I know he hasn't done it this year, but seriously, against the depleted Warriors side, and he still couldn't get it right. So uh, for a bloke going so well, his bowl predictions are pretty crook. Uh, on that note, I wasn't much better. Cody Walker, 130-plus, fail. Fergie Ferg, 100-plus, fail. He nearly did that in base, but he didn't get there. Couldn't score a try. It all went to the left on Sevo. Uh, Mike Sevo, speaking of, with a guy with round 13 coverage is a massive, massive option this week. Bit rocks or diamonds, but Parramatta have a great draw. Um, so Sevo at under 500k, serious play. Also had Payne House 110 plus fail. Um, if I'd actually realised I was going to go with TPJ, it would have been him who did turn up, but I didn't. So um, this week I'm going to go with 
A little bit of a different one on the TPJ. And TPJ to have six offloads, which would just be music to my ears. He's only had over four once this season. So I think that's a pretty, that's bold enough. Uh, Daniel Tupu to go 90 plus. I think with the way Sammy Walker plays and one of the most glorious long balls from an 18 year old you've ever seen, uh, it is just playing into Tupu's hands. He's starting to score a few tries off the back of Sammy Walker's brilliance. So a double for him and 90 plus. Uh, and then my man Fergie Fergie, who features in this most weeks. Um, a bit more down the ball down the right edge this week, I think. And Fergo to score a double and go 100 plus. Mooney, on debut for bold predictions, what have you got for us? Oh, I've been been sitting here all week trying to work out what I'm going to go. <laughs> I've got, I'm going uh, the TPJ line. The t- TPJ and Fafita are actually going to come up against each other left and right edge. So oh. I've got TPJ and David Fafita to combine for 220 plus. I had it. I had 200, but I thought, no, nah, I'm going all out in the day. Do, <laughs> day do shit. So I've got one of them to go, you know, at least 120 plus, 130. Yeah. Um, so TPJ, and I think TPJ will have a point to prove um, against Fafita. So I can't wait to see those two bodies go at each other. I've got Nico Hines, 100 plus again. I know he scored 98 last weekend. And my last one, I've got Dane Laurie to outscore Matt Dufty in the Battle of the Fullbacks on Sunday. Believe oh, it, right? Yeah. Dane Laurie. Not real bold there on the end, mate. What do you mean? Dane Laurie outscored Dufty. Well, Dufty's playing good football, Dane Laurie. <laughs> yeah. in the 30s. No, that's right, mate. Yeah. Hey, I will throw to you, because he's a bloke who's pretty popular this week, but we haven't spoken about him too much, is Nico Hines. 296K, negative five break even. Mate, seriously, every time he gets an 80-minute game, he's just a star. 98 points on the weekend. A really nice game against the Sharks this week. Potential for Pappenhausen to be out for a while. How tempted by um, him are you with the fact that he's available at centre wing? Oh, massive. That centre wing dual position, uh, it's a huge tick in his box. Good-looking bloke too. I, I really, <laughs> you know, he, when he appears on the TV, it's um, it's a sight to be told. He, like you said, he, he's got 296, got a, a negative break even. He plays round 13. He's a player that just scores points. No matter when he's on the field, he comes on late in the game. He might, you know, knock, knock out a twenty odd late in the game. But if he can get eighty minutes, I mean, he scores points. He's got a beautiful cutout goal. His four dropouts tend to sort of get close to the line. They look to him to just bang it into the end goal. Um, they, they're going to have Pappenhausen out at one stage. They're going to have Munster out. Obviously, he's a guy that just comes in and does a job for Bellamy. I like it um, if you're willing to hold on to him through that buy period. Um, and that's it. The, the issue is that it's just, you know, let's say he starts for about the next two weeks, really good point to play, um, but you're not going to sell him before 13 because you want him for 13. So then Pappenhausen comes back. Uh, the three weeks prior to last, he played 23 minutes, 9 minutes, and 28 minutes. So assuming he goes back to that bench role, all your value in the trade is going to go downhill. You wouldn't play him in your 17 those weeks, but I just see it being a value trap but probably a good points play. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, points are going to win you them head-to-head matchups. Um, and, and again, if you're in a head-to-head um, league, have a look at who you're going to be playing through that buy period, whether or not you actually need to bring in a guy who might score you a couple of points one week, nothing the next. And then, like you said, it's a, you're going to have to get him out at some stage if you want to cash in on him um, because I can't see him getting too many um, more minutes with Pappenhausen and Munster there at the back end of the year. Mm, for sure, mate. Hey, let's jump on to our round seven trades and skippers. Uh, I've sort of mentioned mine pretty well already. At this stage, I'll be going Pappy to Turbo, freeing up a stack of cash. Teague Wilton to Dave Fafida. Gee, it feels good to see him in my side at the moment. Um, so two pretty serious trades there and sort of getting my, my cheapies right and sort of chasing a bit of cash is starting to pay off with a few trades like this. So Benny Condon will make way next week and he's made some decent coin too. Uh, my skippers for the week. Cody Walker, vice-captain, I think with Luttrell out. I know it's a tough game against Canberra, despite the form, but just the way he's sweeping out the back with Luttrell out, uh, I think he's got a big score in him pretty soon, even though the Bunnies have a tough draw. Uh, and Nathan Cleary, pretty clear skipper for me, despite the fact the Moon reckons that Manly are going to beat the Panthers. Mate, what have you got for us, Chase and Skippers? And beat them well. I've <laughs> got um, I've got, I've got Simonson, Bailey Simonson, although he's back this week. Um, just cannot find the line. I've had him sitting there. My centre wing's a bit depleted at the moment, so I've actually got Simonson and Staines out. Um, and at this stage, depending on judiciary, I'll probably bring Curran in. 
um, and and look at bringing Haas in via a couple of dual position players. So be able to get out a couple of shore up my centre wing spot by bringing Capewell down um, and then current into the second row and then a couple of dual position moving around. I'll be able to bring Haas in, which will start setting me up for, even though Haas won't play round 13, I'm sort of looking long, long range and I think he's a guy that just you get him in and you keep him there. So. Yeah, he's, he's a definite set and forget uh, in the front row, Payne Haas. Once you've got him, regardless of origin, you just get him in and look, really, he's probably top scorer in front row by the end of the season. Uh, what about you, mate? Yeah, I think vice-captain this week, I'm going to go with uh, probably Cam Munster up against the Sharks on, on Friday night. I think he's just bound to explode at some stage. I mean, he got probably uh, not update to about 90 after that news that he'll, he'll be awarded that force dropout. Um, and then, you know, Fafida up against the Broncos is a good, good option as a captain. Um, I'll be sticking Cleary Cleary because he's just going to get monstered by someone, Josh Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, probably looking at maybe even Dave Fafida as a captain. Nice, mate. Um, mate, let's jump into – sorry, I was just giggling myself – I'm just sitting there thinking of old Cyril and how happy he's going to be to see the news that Munster got his force dropout. Mate, I I was watching that thinking, how can you not award a force dropout? But I've um, I've got other things to do than email NRL Supercoach and, and try and chase up six points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, try assist line assist, maybe you can see Possibly, it, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mate, um, let's jump into a few questions, then we'll wrap it up for today. <clears throat> First one uh, from... Blake McKenzie, upgrading Staines at centre wing, like that move. Which would you pick out of Lomax, Nofaluma, Ramian and Daniel Tupu? Who would you go? Uh, out of those you've mentioned, probably Nofaluma, but I think the other guy you've got to consider is Val Holmes too. So, yeah, out yeah. of Lomax, Nofaluma, Ramian and Tupu, I think Nofaluma is a um, best player out of that lot if you don't already have Val Holmes or you can't fit him in. I'd go Noffer as well, but far out. I think geez, Tupu every year entices me. Massive base, big try scoring ability, um, albeit in a Rooster side that are a little bit depleted. But I mean, they were depleted on the weekend and put 40 out on the Dragons, who were playing some good footy this year. So, anyway, um, mate, Benny Brock asks Luciano Leilua, who we haven't really spoken about yet, or Tavita Pangai Jr. That's a tough one. Um, very similar plays. Luciano Leilua tends to, when the Tigers look to attack, they sort of tend to look to Leilua to create something through an offload um, or a bit of a bust. He, he's got a, probably a better base than TPJ. TPJ's obviously got that 30 game in him, but he also has the higher ceiling. Um, depending, I, I'd probably look at Leilua, to be honest. Yeah, it, it worries me with Leilua just the fact that he plays for the I know you could double down and say it's about TPJ, but. Uh, just playing for the Tigers, who we saw them get belted by Manly on the weekend. And um, with no dis- disrespect to uh, the Manly Seagulls, Moons, but in games like that, when they come up against stronger opposition, again, the Tigers, although they do have a good run in coming weeks, I'll give them that, but his attacking opportunities are just going to be so limited in that side. So I that worries me uh, with the entire Tigers outfit, to be honest. So I'd probably lean towards TPJ, but gee, there's not much between them, is there? There is, and I think Luciano, although he um, they were in a well beaten side, did knock out seventy, and that was with that was with a try, um, albeit a one off a grubber, so he wasn't a, yeah. wasn't awarded the um, line break. One from Adam Thompson. What do we what think of David Clemmer, lads? Minutes down, but he's bottomed out in price, mate. What's happened to David Clemmer this year? I mean, he, bad by his standards, he's still very good, but a guy who was, you know, such a reliable scorer in previous years, you know, he averaged 67 last year, 66 the year before, doesn't have the ceiling of others, but so consistent. Moons, he's just hit the skids this year, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a worrying sign, especially for the Blues. I don't think um, he's in Freddie Fit was good books for some reason. Well, I can't no, see him playing Origin. Um, no. Good for I'm, our super coach. Absolutely, yeah. And, and look, he's probably not going to be in your final 17, Um at the back end of the year, but for a guy that that is a known super coach pre- performer only in the past twelve months, um, no origin tick. He's cheap. He's actually only going to get cheaper next week. With a, I think he's got a break even about ninety. So um, if you've got some other trades to look at, I'd definitely be looking at bringing him either, possibly even next week. But yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd avoid uh, mainly because of that, just the whole ceiling thing. I mean, I you can spend an extra seventy odd k and get TPJ who just has such a big ceiling there playing 80 minutes. 
Funnily enough, he's actually averaging more minutes than last year at the moment, Clemmer. But in the last two weeks, he's only played 50 and 42 minutes, which is a massive concern. Um, a lot of forward depth at the moment. You know, Connor Watson's eating up some minutes in the middle, albeit playing a very different role. Not for me, Clemmer. I, I think because of his lack of ceiling, you want him playing minimum 60 minutes in that side where his base gets into his 65s and 70s with ease. Um, but if he's playing less than that, I'm just, yeah, not too keen on him uh, in my thoughts. One from Amy Satchel. Hey, guys. After a disaster of a week, is it time to downgrade Brett Morris? I was thinking maybe Morris to Hines until Pappy back and upgrade Ryan James to Payne Haas. What are your thoughts on downgrading BMOS Moon? Because, I mean, he, he's, there's still massive value in him. 756K, break even 98. Would you be cashing him in and, you know, making a sort of a 200, 250K profit to a fallen gun like Noffa? Or would you just stick strong with a bloke who has four tons in five games? Tough, yeah, tough question. Um, he's he's worth so much money that it's probably time to downgrade him. He's owned by fourteen percent of the team, so and you wonder how many of those are, are what Adam calls sleeper teams. So, look, is he a pod? Possibly. He's got a high break even this week. Um, I'd probably look at moving him on. I think early on you sort of want to start. Um, Getting some blokes in is going to make you some money cashing out when they're at their highest. If you can bring in two blokes for the price of one, um, if those two blokes score 60 or 70 um, each, there's your 120 that Brett Morris might score. So I'd be looking at cashing out Brett Morris if I had him. And I think Amy answered her own question when she just said that she's got so many issues in a side. So, you know, you'd, you'd think it might not a luxury trade, but if it can free up all that cashes to cash to patch a few holes in your side and issues you've got, well, you can do it with Brett Morris, who I know he's been unbelievably consistent, but at the same time, he's a winger. He could have a 30 or a 40 or a couple of them in a row in him, um, particularly for the Roosters to start, find a side with a weak right edge and they're attacking down Daniel Tupu's edge and killing him. Uh, maybe Morris just won't see a lot of ball. So, look, I'd do it. I, I think it's a, it's a big play, but it's one that could pay off big time uh, and be a really, really good cash play for you. Um what else? Last question. Todd MB says, trade Teddy and Dylan Walker to Gutho and Val Holmes or Schuster to Simpkin? Look, I think Schuster still old. I mean, he's playing some real good footy in that left edge. Got pretty good attacking upside. Um, I'd be looking at holding Teddy. I know he's sort of on the skids a bit, but when you've lost so much money out of him, you sort of you don't really want to get be getting rid of him. Um Who's he got? D Walker to Gutho, Val Holmes. Yeah, I've said it about 15 times. Val Holmes in, if you can. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be trading out Schuster just yet. I'd be holding him uh, at least till after after Manly's buy in round 17 or whatever it meant when Manly playing round 17. Yeah. Gutho with – sorry, Gutho. Schuster with a break-even of three as well. So there's still a heap more money to be made there, and he's an unbelievably reliable scorer in 17s. Uh, and just more than anything, he just looks damn good. Jeez, the kid can play footy. So Tommy Turbo back's only going to help him there. A massive, massive thing for back rolls at Manly. We've seen it all the time. Jolly Thompson used to get that many tries just because Tommy would sweep out the back and attract that many defenders. There'd just be these gaping holes. DCE plays short or whoever the half is, plays short to Schuster or to Tomo in the past, and they'd just slide through a massive hole. Um, I think Tommy back is so, so big for Schuster, and we've seen it already. So Schuster's a hole for me. Uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, Mooney, strong debut, mate. Oh, thanks, Tim. I thought I might have nudged up about 60-odd Supercoach points myself. So, um, <laughs> Generous. I'll probably hold for next week if you're looking at it that way, but <laughs> maybe sit me on the pine and just bring me in when needed. Mate, you're, you're an AE. You're an auto-emergency at best. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> no, I've been good. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, and thanks for tuning in, guys.